Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We're back. Music unapologetically. Welcome back. Powered by Highly Unapologetic, the podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Next to me, the bestest co-hostess. I, don't, I always want to say the co-hostess with the mostest, but I don't want to call you a girl. The co-hostess with the co-mostest. Yeah, that. Travis. And we're back with Music Unapologetically. I'm the most mediocre sidekick. Listen, man. I'm the best middle sidekick. The mi- the best mid tier sidekick. That I don't believe that. I think you're definitely the toppest tier of sidekick co-hosts. If there was a middle tier on the top of that tier, is it best to be? Is it better to be the best of the worst or the worst of the best? I think. I, I would feel like they're in the same category because if you, if you've got two tiers, you see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you say your top tier the worst, you're down at the bottom of that. But if you're the t- bottom tier but the best, you're at the same place. You know, I can agree with that, but I saw a story that I had to laugh at the other day where the I think New Zealand national women's team. Uh-huh. Soccer team, yeah, lost seven nothing to a group of fifteen year old high school boys. I think that happened in the U.S. too to the U.S. ladies national team. So in that case, and as the meme went, it was talking about getting high school kids paid uh, fairly as compared to those women. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's we'll yeah. we'll let we'll let the. The fan decide. Yeah. I'll let our fan decide what is best. Our wood fan. Riley, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, what's been going on? It's uh You're you're a busy man. Move, yeah. Move, moving around, moving uh locations. You know, I'm I'm reminded how uh you know, terrible the moving process is. Yeah. You know, we've we've been trying. We've been, you know, it, it felt good slowly moving into this new house and like you know a little bit at a time. And then we had the big moving day, and it's yeah. like, yeah, we got everything we needed. Yeah. And then here we are a week later, so, doing the cleanup. 
and I still have multiple cars full of stuff. I've literally said multiple times, and and I've I've announced it to anybody who will listen. There's three things in life that I hate more than anything, and it's no particular order. And that's number one, driving. Number two, painting like a house, and number three, moving and mm-hmm. helping and helping people move. I hate that. And the worst part about moving is. Packing up, and you think packing is going to be easy. You'll start. You'll just go room to room, you know, whatever. But it's those little knickknacks at the end. Once you get all the big furniture moved, the TVs, the couch, the chairs, the beds, all the big stuff, you get that all moved, and you think, yes, like there's there's light at the end of that that moving tunnel, and you go back to start cleaning up the old place, and you still have those little annoying knickknacks. That you have to still pack up. Like you still have truckloads or, or car loads. I have four bins. Nah, that's horrible. Full of stuff. And my girlfriend is still at the house. At the new house or the at the old place. Uh-huh. And then we still have to move her. Oh, dude. So movers, man. And you know, you're talking about helping people move. I love how people will <laughs> rope you into it and they're like, Hey man, you got anything going on this weekend? Yeah. And you're like, No, what's going on? They're like I need help yeah, can her. you help me move? And like you've already said, Shoot. you're free. Shoot. And it, the crazy thing, the crazy thing to me is, is people think that they can get me with beer and pizza. Beer and pizza, <laughs> like two things that don't blow my skirt up, man. You give me a steak dinner and a two hundred dollar bill. I'm talking about. I'm and I'm not talking about like an outback steakhouse. Like I want you're taking me to J Prime. So last night I was. Uh, falling asleep and i turned it to a station called access axs yep, yep. and uh sometimes i'll luck out and there will be a good show on most of the time it's not anything that i want to watch but there was an almond brothers band documentary mm-hmm. it was uh, called uh, after the crash okay so i'm assuming it i got and i and i got in there uh after the beginning it was it was toward the middle already and so I'm assuming after the crash, meaning after the motorcycle crash that killed uh, the best guitarist to ever walk the earth, Dwayne Allman, mm-hmm. and it just went down the story of the Allman brothers and their decline, mm-hmm. really, uh, after uh, Dwayne Allman died. But yes. it was but it was interesting to to see all the like turmoil after being such a, a I don't even know what the word is. A great band in the in the early seventies. Yeah, I feel like they definitely had. You know, it's always the ones that have all that potential. Yeah. That you expect. You know, you see bands now that have been. You know, like like a band like Rush, that survived four decades of yeah. touring. You know, you see them. They stood the test. And of they time. they made it all the way until you know they ended on their on their time. Yeah. 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 And then you see bands like. Skinnerd, you know, where Van Zant died t- way too soon. You right. Know, where you see the Allman Brothers, where you had Dwayne died way too soon, and it just makes you wonder, like, God, where would they be right now? Right now, you know, exactly. Forty years, fifty years later, because because uh, Greg Allman is still making music, mm-hmm. and he he tours with other bands uh, by himself. It's not not the Allman Brothers. Uh, he's went on tour with, I, and I say he went on tour. He went on some uh, some dates yeah. with Dave Matthews. Yeah, you know, played with him. And, and the Allman Brothers were touring the year. So, if you've listened to our show more than once, you know I'm a huge Journey fan. 
Yeah. The year before I moved to San Antonio, the journey was touring with the Almond Brothers, I think. And Chicago was touring with the Doobie Brothers or vice versa. One of the two, but they both were like San Antonio, Austin Uh the year before I got here. Oh man. Or like the year I moved here earlier in the year. Those would have been great shows to go to. Such good shows. Because I I saw Chicago eventually. Right. And REO Speedwagon open for him. And that show was great. REO's great. But I just, I remember thinking like, God, if this would have been like the Doobie Brothers or the Allman Brothers. So one thing I'll say before we get too far into what we want to talk about, I feel like Southern classic rock is highly underrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I say that because you have a band like Leonard Skinner who is so um commercial. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'll say they're the, they're the big southern rock. Like pigeonholed. Right. And so now everybody that is that is labeled under that uh Southern Classic Rock label mm-hmm. is being compared to uh Leonard Skinner and they're being compared unjustly because I think Leonard Skinner sucks. I don't like them. Uh, that's the one Southern rock band that I don't like. And see, and you and I, that's where you and I disagree. Because right. now I may not be a huge fan of Freebird. Right. And, know, and, like, and that's one of the reasons I think but Freebird. But other songs they have. Right. And, and and it's not one of those things where I hate, like ACDC, I hate every single ACDC song ever made known to me. I hate them. I, I will not listen to one song. Leonard Skinner, I can listen to a few songs. I like that smell by Leonard Skinner. I don't mm. know why I like that. I think it's because my dad loves it. Tuesday's that song. Gone. Tuesday's Gone is a good one. But I don't like Freebird. I think, Call Me the Breeze. Uh, I like Call Me the Breeze. I think Freebird's the most overrated, overplayed song uh, along with Hotel California. I have. Oh God, I hate Hotel California. I do too. I, hate um, it. I think those are the two most overrated songs ever made. But. When you get past Leonard Skinner, that's when you get really into the bands that I love. And one of those is the Almond Brothers. You mentioned the Doobie Brothers. CCR. I, I love the Doobie Brothers. I love Credence. I love a band called The Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm going. I'm skipping Leonard Skinner, and I'm going down here to the, to the real bands You know that aren't being uh, commercialized on radio or... Uh, you love your little black any, Betty? Anything like that. Oh, I, black Betty. I love Black Betty. But anyways, I was watching this uh <clears throat> I was watching this documentary last night on the Almond Brothers uh post post Dwayne. Mm-hmm. And just like that uh just like that documentary I watched on the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. I have a newfound love for the Almond Brothers. Okay. And when I talk about classic rock as a whole, it's always Pink Floyd. Led Zeppelin are are up there with uh, in my favorites, but after a reevaluation, it's definitely I, I love the Almond Brothers. Love the Almond Brothers. There's so much good uh, that you know when you talk about a band and and how those band members branch out to do other things, or you have other people coming into the band to do work with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much good that has come from the Almond Brothers, even though the whole the whole ride of the Almond Brothers was like tumultuous, yeah, or, or tragedy. When I think you know, you when we talk about 
you know, which we, we do a lot because we, we love to tear apart people's ideas of what top 10, top five, top three. <laughs> yeah, we do. You know, there's, so my many, favorite part. there's so many metrics that people that people consider. You know, how many albums did they sell? What are their ticket sales for concerts? How many number ones did they have? Right. But one thing that I think gets overlooked a lot that should be considered in real evaluation of a quality band is how influential were they beyond themselves? Right. You know, like you talk about people coming in, you know, individual projects, you know, you think about like, I know you hate the Beatles, right? Yeah. yeah, But if we use that metric, think about what George Harrison did by himself. Think about what Ringo's doing with Ringo and the all-stars. Yeah. Think about what Paul did. Right. right? Think about John Lennon before he passed, like this, how even by themselves, they were still quality. And then you look at somebody like the Allman brothers and you look at, who they taught to play, you know the the Almond Brothers and the Beatles. Just just as comparison, since you brought them up, are completely opposite when it comes to when I think about them, how good they were. Mm-hmm. I think the Almond Brothers together were much much better than Greg Almond on his own, Dickie Betts on his own. You know when when the the members of the band are doing their own thing. The Beatles, together, mm-hmm. I think my own personal humble opinion is they were trashed together. Mm-hmm. But once you got them separated, mm-hmm. I love Paul McCartney's solo work. Love it. I don't like Ringo Starr. I watched a little bit. He, they they did something on that that Access Channel on Ringo Starr, and I just I wasn't into it. Uh, he was playing a version with his, what what's the band the Ringo Starr and the all stars, yeah, Ringo and the All Stars, yeah, they and they were singing uh, "Yellow Submarine," mm-hmm. and it was just it was trash. It, it was it was it was super horrible. The thing, like the thing that got Ringo notoriety was just his playing style at the time. Yeah, was so much different. You yeah. know, like he wasn't just a a straightforward, you know, just easy, clean, sharp player. He right. played a lot of sloppy hi hat. He did a lot of fills. You know, he just had a unique style that that at the time was different. Right, and so that's the only thing about a drummer is, aside from somebody like Neil Pert or Neil Pert, um, Neil Pert, Neil, Neil Pert. Pert, Neil Pert, Neil Pert, <laughs> or you know, like a, a Travis Barker, uh-huh. is like solo, you can't really do a lot with him, right? And he just like he was such a new style that it wasn't, it still wasn't good on its own, right? So like that's why, like you look at him, like he needed to have an all star group he play had around to. him. Now Paul McCartney. Was in a band called what? The Wings. Paul mm-hmm. McCartney was was with Wings. I think so. Yeah. Man, I can listen to them all day long. Uh, band on the Run is one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. It's it's just a good song. I didn't listen to a whole lot of Paul. I mean, I know a couple of his songs. Right. You know, every, every the first thing that always comes to mind when I think about Paul after is you know the Christmas song he did, and uh-huh. then Ebony and Ivory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the music video for Ebony and Ivory just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Just watching him. Like sing into Stevie's ear with this camera just painting around them the whole time. That's weird. And they're just like looking at each other, longing. Well, you know, Stevie's looking somewhere, and Paul's looking longingly at him. You said you said it correctly. Uh, Stevie was definitely looking somewhere because he's not blind. Oh, he's <laughs> he is definitely. He is def- if you can get a driver's license, you're yeah, not yeah, blind. Yeah. So. A couple weeks ago, you and I, uh, we did an episode of Highly Unapologetic, and we got into our favorite guitarists. Mm -hmm. Two of my favorite guitarists are 
have have been associated and played with the Almond Brothers, mm-hmm. and now uh, I have revised my list to make that three. Okay, uh, I have taken, and it was hard to do. I took Stevie Ray out. Okay, and I put Dickie Betts in. Okay, uh, I was listening to live at uh, Fillmore when you walked in. Uh, that was the the big live concert record that uh, Dwayne Almond was on, mm-hmm. and listen to that, and you're listening to not just Dwayne Almond be great, but you're listening to Dickie Betts right next to him playing guitar, being awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this morning I started listening to Dickie Betts solo albums, and it's more of it's not a classic rock type album, it's country with that Almond Brothers style guitar in it you notice have you, you, you notice a lot of the it's it's a it's a somewhat common thing that these guys that you know like prime examples the eagles you know the eagles depending on what decade you're talking about and what album you're talking about uh-huh. will either be you know this classic southern rock or their you know their later stuff is all country right you know yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's funny how you watch you know what was country evolve into this pop country crap yeah 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 and then you see classic southern rock which has kind of stayed the same you know maybe a little bit more fiddle or a little bit more acoustic guitar but yeah. if you strip all that away it still sounds like slowed down version of classic rock yeah and now that's considered country yeah and like why don't we just keep country country and why can't southern classic rock or southern classic style rock still be a standalone thing right you know I feel I I just I just hate how southern classic rock is just underappreciated once you get past Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Leonard Skinner, but they don't understand what and to them to the people who who love Leonard Skinner and I'm talking about like not the people who actually lived the real Leonard Skinner with Van Zant mm-hmm. uh, in it back in the sixties and seventies. I'm talking about the ones who found Leonard Skinner maybe in the eighties, or, or when they were in or, college, right? Uh, or ex- after they watched Forrest Gump, right? Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. And exploring the new music. Uh, one, you know, once they get past Leonard Skinner, that's that's just classic rock to them. That's not a specific style of of southern classic rock. Mm-hmm. It's just classic rock to them. They're they're putting Leonard Skinner up there with the Pink Floyds and the Led Zeppelins, who are real rock bands from the seventies. When you think about like other bands that arguably southern, arguably classic, like ZZ Top, right? You know, Tex- a, Tex- a-, a Texas band, right? But their style. I would still put ZZ Top in with the Almond Brothers and, you know, that Southern. Because, I mean, they took off. ZZ Top got really big more in the 80s. Right. Which I think, you know, people think classic. They all of a sudden go 70s. Right. But they were touring in the 70s. They were making music in the 70s. And except it was back when they were wearing their matching $20,000 blazers that were, <laughs> you know, look like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And then they didn't really get popular. You know, until like Lagrange and that that kind of grungy how yeah. how how you know yeah. like that that's when they really but like they were, I mean like uh, sunglasses cheap sunglasses yeah you yeah. know sharp dressed man sharp like, dressed man that I would throw that right in there with in a playlist with any of those other bands I just got paid today that one that yeah. one too yeah yeah ZZ Top's great but man just you, so 
little trivia. Uh-huh. The only member of ZZ Top without a beard, their drummer. Yeah. Last name, Beard. Uh, is that is that uh, ironic? I think it's... Is that the definition of ironic? I think it's ironic or, you know, he, just, instead of growing one, he already had it. Yeah. <laughs> or... No, I'm not going to say serendipitous. I was thinking that word. Are you? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> At least I wasn't the only. Uh, so when I came in, we were talking, we have talked about this guy before. And when we touched on like who the Allman brothers have influenced, right? right? I know we, we kind of had a little, a little thing back and forth. You mentioned Joe Walsh. Right. And I mentioned Derek Trucks. Derek Trucks. And so we right. started, you know, I, I showed you a clip I had showed you in the past where Derek Trucks is on stage with John Mayer. You showed me that. Uh, probably sometime King. sometime last yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, I was into it because John Mayer was in that video, but I still had no idea the whole point of showing me that was Derek Trucks. Is family with the band. Right, with the Almond Brothers. Mm-hmm. Drummer. Yeah, Butch yeah, Trucks. Butch Trucks. So while you were sitting here before we started recording, uh, I started digging into Derek Trucks and... Uh, Butch Trucks and all that other stuff and found a band that I have been listening to for probably two or three years. Mm-hmm. And that's the Tedeschi, Tedeschi Trucks band. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all need to go check them out, by the way. it's They're they're great. Uh, and start with a song called Midnight in Harlem. Because yeah, his wife is a his wife. amazing vocalist. Oh, yeah. She sings. And he plays guitar. Derek Trucks plays the guitars. If you haven't heard him play that video, which I, I think we should like, if you, if you really want to find this this amazing video, if you just look up BB King, John Mayer, Derek Trucks, right, and just watch this video, watch the whole thing. It's just all three of them sitting on stage at a concert. Derek Trucks plays blues guitar with a slide. Yeah. So he really, you know, he's like a lot of a lot of guys now you see online are you know are playing blues with that that slide. And he was kind of like one of the pioneers of this style of play. And you know, right. he talks about making his guitar sing. And you can hear, if you watch that video and then go listen to the band that you like, that Tedeschi Trucks, right. you can hear him with that exact style playing in the background. And it's, it's amazing. There's nothing better than going to a concert and the drums and all the side instruments, the keyboards and, and all that, like shutting up. And you're listening to people just literally well on a... And not even well, like when, unscripted. Yeah, just uh, unscripted, just playing the guitar and an electric guitar, not a not an acoustic. I mean, you can do weird and cool things with an acoustic, but the electric guitar is so like if you're if you're just playing it unscripted, like you said, and it sounds smooth. And that's the thing I like about Derek Trucks is his his play is so smooth, so smooth. Like like if it were. If I had uh, if I had to pick between listening to like Jimi Hendrix without the drums and everything around him, just him playing the guitar, or Derek Trucks, I'm gonna pick Derek Trucks because it's just so smooth. Well, and, and that's know, the part I like. It takes that whole like guitar singing to a new level because you know they used you know that was one of the things that was always said about Jimmy was his style of play. He was so. He's so smooth with his with his you know fret work and stuff that he it sounded like he'd make his guitar sing. But then when you add a slide where you can you can slide from one fret to another without, you know, hitting any breaks in it and right. you add that vibrato that you can't get without a slide. Yeah. It just it's a whole different like it literally sounds like it's guitar singing. Yeah. It's and, amazing. Oh, it's wild. I love the guitar. I love I I just that that's that's I think that's one of my 
biggest, strongest criteria when I'm picking out what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I'm saying my favorite band is this. And a lot of it goes back to who's who's playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I say my favorite like classic rock bands, I'm going I'm going with Led Zeppelin because Jimmy Page is great. I'm going to Almond Brothers because Dwayne was great. Dickie Betts was great. Warren Haynes was great. Uh, I'm going Dire Straits because Mark Knopfler was great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just great guitarists. Uh, and it and it makes no difference who's singing behind the guitar because the guitar is, you know, the, the tune of the guitar is really what is, is getting me or keeping me listening, I mm-hmm. guess, you know. I think, uh, you know, you don't hear it as much. It's almost like a dying, a dying art is uh, lap steel. Okay. You know, lap steel and, and that's, that, that's that, that that's lap. that old country twang. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's, it's, it's definitely like a dying instrument that, yeah. you know, you have a few guys nowadays that'll, you know, play songs with it, but it's, and it's sideways, right? It's a sideways. It's almost, you know, it's, it's kind of like, like a lap steel, uh-huh. you know? Uh, or like you know you have your your lap steel where you can play here, but like that, that just that that steel guitar, uh-huh. um, and just there's it's such a challenging instrument because there's there's foot pedals and things that kind of change, right. and you have like different hand, you know modifications kind of like a whammy bar. Uh-huh. But you know I watched a guy try to talk through playing. You know he was kind of giving like a beginner overview of how you can play this thing, and, you know, and he's playing different chords on it, and then uh-huh. he'll play the same chord and then hit one of these these levers or pedals or whatever he does and it's the same chord but it changes to it it's not it doesn't just like change the octave i mean it changes like a whole it goes from like an a to a d uh-huh. with the same thing and just like that idea of being able to play and have like be able to modulate that sound if you know how to do it like yeah. it's amazing but it, it can also i see why it'd be such a challenging yeah challenging thing to learn i guess i never really paid attention to the music that I like, if it is steel guitar, mm-hmm. but I know I don't like it in country music. Yeah, probably just because I don't like country music. Yeah, uh, but, but I think like I th- I'm with you on that. But I feel like when you think about like real country, you know, right. like storytelling country, troubadour right. country, like well, yeah. you have to have it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of the like foundations. Like when it. you're talking about the old Garth Brooks and and uh, George Strait mm-hmm. and all that, like you, yeah, I, I feel like they they have to have it. Yeah. Cause that's their that's their style. But man, I love the guitar. What else is going on, man? Almond Brothers are great. Y'all need to just check them out. I wish, I wish I could get more people loving them. I remember one time I was working at uh, I was working at this doctor's office, and we played music every day. And I put Almond Brothers on, and one of the ladies who was an older lady who I thought might enjoy the classic rock, I put Ramblin' Man on mm-hmm. because that's one of my favorite guitar. Uh, guitar work worked songs, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, nobody wants to listen to Ramblin' Man. T- turn this garbage off. And I was like, "Wow, why don't we just listen to it real quick and and appreciate it? Yeah, like, for for what it is." And that wasn't even that wasn't even Dwayne Allman. That was Dickie Betts playing a great guitar. You know, it's we we had that episode about nostalgia. Uh huh. And uh, we talked about, you know, like different times in our lives when we started to appreciate music. And for me, the classic rock, Southern rock style, like the Doobie Brothers, Almond Brothers, that's yeah. what my dad and I listened to. Yeah, same. That's, that's like the two bands that 
really got me excited about that style of music. And I right. remember just sitting in the truck with my dad and listening to Ramblin' Man yeah. or listening to... Uh, Old Black Water. Uh, yep. Keep Old on Black, moving. Yep. All yeah. that stuff. So it's... Uh, I feel like if you... It's a good band if you want to... If you have no... Like zero interest in classic rock southern uh-huh. rock and are just like want to get something besides the the stuff that was so radio with skinner and all that yeah if you started with the almond brothers the doobie brothers you Star- know yeah those are those are great starting points before you get into the band or crosby stills and nash and that i mean once you get there you're deep hmm. like once you once you get past the doobie brothers and almond brothers you're you're down the rabbit hole and and it's not it's not one of those bad rabbit holes like like one time I went down the queue, a non rabbit hole, and that's a bad rabbit hole to go down. You know what I mean? But not to get into that. If you get down in the Southern classic rock rabbit hole, that's a good rabbit hole to be in because you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff that is, is amazing. So what, uh, what do you think if you had to go to a, uh, a show, uh, huh. And you had to have, it's like say it was a three-band show. Three-band show. And it had to be all all classic Southern rock. Okay. Who would be your opening band? Who would be your like mid-card? And who would be your headliner? And do it as if it were in the 70s. Uh-huh. And if it were now, would it be different? Okay. Uh, in the 70s and now... I would definitely say the Almond Brothers would headline my concert. Okay. Um, I think, man, that's that's a good question. I think in the 70s, uh, I would have the band open. Okay. The Doobie Brothers mid-level and Almond Brothers would headline. Okay. Now, I would have Crosby, Stills, and Nash open. Mm-hmm. I would have... The band, I would have the band uh, midline, and I would have the Almond Brothers headline with special guest, the Doobie Brothers, out on a couple of joints. <laughs> have to, yeah. That would be. I would pay. I would pay great money to 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 be able to witness that. And I and I'm talking about, and I'm talking about, especially in the '70s. Early, I want that to be in the early seventies because I want Dwayne Allman there. Mm. If I am talking about right now, I want Warren Haynes mm. uh, playing with them in place of Dwayne Allman, but next to Dickie Betts. Yeah, that's how I would do it. What about you? If I were in the seventies, I would have Steve Miller Band. Oh, would man. be the opening band just because they have you know they have a few good songs, but you know they're not going to play a long set. So I'd have Steve Miller Band. Um, I would probably have the Almond Brothers mid card. Okay, but I would have Skinnerd first. Okay, only that's because, in the seventies, right? In the seventies, okay. only because Van Zant. Like I've I've seen Skinnerd uh-huh. in recent years, right? And they were good, but Ronnie Van Zant's voice is just so. Like that is Skinnerd. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to hear them, I'll play, co-sign like, that for sure. To hear them play now, like it was cool to be able to hear like some, you know, to hear some nostalgic music and like you know hear it from quote unquote the band, right? But to not have Van Zant lead was just like it was kind of underwhelming, right? You know. Um, nowadays, I would have 
probably the Almond Brothers open today. Today, okay. Just because I know they're still touring, even though it's totally different. Um, probably ZZ Top. Mid tier. Mid tier. Okay. And then, no, I take that back. I would put Ario. Okay. At mid tier, and I would put ZZ Top now. Headlining. Headlining. Didn't one of them die recently? Yep. Okay. But I, I'm going to say before they, before he died. <laughs> like, okay. Just before he died. That's and that, I like I like the, I like the versatility. The is that a word? Versatility. Yeah, versatility. I like versatility though. Yeah, versatility. Throw an A in there. I like the versatility of not picking the same, but I like what I like. You know what I mean? Like I'm not getting in the car and be like, man, ZZ Top is what I want to listen today. But if ZZ Top comes on the radio or it's a part of my uh, once my my playlist is done and it starts suggesting songs mm-hmm. and ZZ Top is in there, I'm not gonna turn it off. I'm not gonna be mad about it. Yeah, you know, you know I, I see these, uh, you know, these big music concerts. You know, like your Lollapalooza and uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, a, you know, ACL. And I see these like you know these multi day events where they have these big headliners now, and you know, there's always a couple of quote-unquote older bands you know right. there's, there's you know a lot of it's from like maybe the 90s and stuff right but i always think like you know if we had the ability back in like 79 to put together that type of event almost like a woodstock of the 70s right and have like every band that we have talked about on this show that was big between the 60s and the 80s to have that level of show, yeah. Could you imagine, like, fifty of the best bands from the '60s and '80s? Here's here's what I just imagined in my head: a Southern classic rock festival, and and it would just be pandemonium with all the rednecks and hillbillies mm-hmm. uh, that are attending that show. Well, it's like they do here every year. They do that River City Rock Fest. Uh huh. And they usually have, you know, the big headliners that I've seen in the past were like, you know, Metallica before they stopped touring. Yeah. You know, Megadeth, Slayer. Like, you had some of these bigger bands that were more like 80s and 90s. Right. So, like, it's almost like it missed a generation. Right. You know, like, we had Woodstock. Then there was, like, nothing in between that was that noteworthy. And then now you've got, in this, this you know, time, you're doing a couple decades ago. And it's like, what the hell happened to that perfect, like when music was the best, right? You know, man. When did we say music died? Around two thousand five ish. Yeah, yeah. All the music died then. You know how we were reminded of that huh. at the Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> so, yesterday, <laughs> when all those people, God. Yesterday, while you were at work, I did an episode with a with a kid that's in my uh, one of my uh, two of my classes at school, mm-hmm. and he. And he's great. He he did a great job. Is his first time being on the mics. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, he told me that the Super Bowl halftime show this year was not the best, and the only reason people are giving it love is because of nostalgia. And I said, okay, that that may be true, but, but why is that not a valid criteria? But but music is nostalgic. Exactly, and you and I have talked about that on this podcast before. That music is is meant to provoke nostalgia. It's supposed to take you to places of your past, and that's great. 
Like when you're when you're <coughs> out and about, let's say you're at a pool party on like a Saturday in the summer uh-huh. and somebody's got a random playlist going, or let's say you're at if you like to go to the club, right? And you have that song that comes on from a few years ago and all of a sudden the whole crowd, what do you hear? Oh Yes. Okay. So regardless of what year it was, when the music came out, right. that's the thing about music is good music is timeless. Right. So it doesn't have like a, a that that's why we talked about music died when it did is because most music after that time frame is not timeless. Right. Like and that's a yes, keep going. Preach. So to <laughs> say my point. To say something is like you know it's nostalgic like right. that's the definition of quality. Right. Stands that's stands the test, the test of time. Of time. That's, so that's his, exactly his, like and he's a young kid and I get it. And his argument was it probably would have been better if they picked better songs. And I said, well, they they picked the songs. And, and to your point, they picked the songs that make the crowd go, ah, ah exactly. What were we doing in, exactly. in Aurora, Colorado, right. waiting for a flight? We were in a tiny, dumpy sports bar, <laughs> like dancing around the freaking so, the screen on the TV. So then I asked him. So then I asked him, so tell me what the best Super Time Super Bowl halftime show was. And he said, The Weekend. And I went, No. And now that I think about it now, I wish you would have been there with me because The Weekend's music will not stand the test of time. No. 30 years from now, nobody's going to remember that halftime show. Other than, other than, let's say, uh, this Super Bowl and Prince. There's only one halftime show that's the best. Right. Michael. His was good. That was, I, that I, was a dang concert. Okay, so if, if I could rank them, I'll, and I'll only do four. I'll do top four because these are the only ones I really enjoyed. But this year's, mm-hmm. I'm not, and I'm not going in any order. Yeah, yeah. But this year's. Uh, Prince, mm-hmm. Michael, and then I hate to say it, but I have to. But if you say Janet Jackson, no, and Justin Timberlake, no. I'm gonna slap. Horrible. Even worse though, but it was the Bruno Mars win. Yeah, that was a good show. Red Hot Chili Peppers came out and saved him. That was a good show because Bruno Mars was trash. I, I think his music is trash, but you have one of the most iconic California. California punk bands come out and save the show. That's awesome. Who is still making music? Who's still making music and New who's going out. on going on tour? And we're gonna go see them. You're going with us, no? And I don't care what we have to do. And by the way, we're seeing them in Dallas. Okay. So it's it'll be a it'll be a fun little weekend trip to Dallas. Okay. By the way, because Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those bands that you you have to see. Or you'll regret it later. Like, man, I sure do wish I would have taken that. The kind of like Rush, right? Kind of like Rush. My dad, that was or the, Ozzy. My dad told me one time he saw a Led Zeppelin concert and he was so happy he went to see the Led Zeppelin concert because he would have regretted not going. Yeah. Later in life, you know, I get because that. The, because the Led Zeppelin turns out to be one of the greatest rock bands to ever walk the planet. You have to see them when you get the chance, and Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those bands. I agree. Um, we talked about that 
I don't, know, like, I don't know what it is about my brain and just like weird little facts. Uh-huh. Remember we talked about Flea? I told you about Flea. Yeah. Played slap bass so hard he like wore a, a spot in his thumb and he has super glue it. Yeah. I heard that years ago. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. I just remember hearing like he had slap bass so hard that he like wore a divot in his thumb and he'd have to super glue it. He's such a weirdo. Oh, yeah. I love watching like, I love watching videos in regards to Flea. What was that video, the song where it was like in the black and white in the desert? I didn't ever watch videos. There was one of their videos, it was all black and white, and they were playing in like the desert. And he was like, almost like, he looked like somebody from, like one of the guys from Corn, just the way how aggressive he was playing. Uh-huh. Do you remember, do you remember that episode we did where we did not promote drug usage, but we we're appreciative of musician drug usage? Mm-hmm. Like Flea is one of those guys. Like, I wish he wouldn't have done so many drugs, but I'm glad he did because he makes the music that much better on drugs. That's oh, the, give it away. Okay, that video. What I got, you got to give it to your mama. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna play it volume wise, but I'm just, like just to show you how weird. Oh yeah, this video is. It, uh-huh. It's almost like it's almost. Um, you remember that Mudvayne dig video that I yeah. showed you? So take that and mix it with like. Janet Jackson and like Missy Elliott, like uh-huh. that style of. Yeah. That whole band is weird. Yeah. I love them. You know, their drummer looks like uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Like, and, and he. He, I, he gets so angry about it. Yeah. He said, I get mistaken for being Will Ferrell all the time. Well, and, then they had, was it Jimmy Fallon where they brought. Will Ferrell and he on st- him on stage and they Together. they like played off against each other. Yeah. And they like dressed the exact same and everything. I never saw that, but that What's is What's his name? Chad uh Yeah. Ch- Chad uh God, I had a brain fart now. I watch it. I I follow him on Instagram. Uh speaking of of great guitarists. Chad Smith. Yeah, 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 that's it. I knew dude, it was he's 60 years old. Dude, all of them are old, bro. <laughs> and and Chad was on. I think Chad. Smith. He, that's he looks just like him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think it was Chad Smith. They, they didn't put any names on this documentary last night that I was watching that they were interviewing of of people not involved in the band. <laughs> that's funny. But I think Chad Smith was one of them that was talking about the Almond Brothers, and I appreciate that a member from a a, a rock group that is so different. Mm-hmm than the music you're actually talking about can appreciate and go into depth about other music. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is like all those guys, you know, and it, it goes back to, uh, you know, our episode of top, top generational music. And we talked about the seventies and the nineties. And that was one of the things that we really kind of harped on was the, you know, those were subgenre explosive decades. Uh-huh. And so you can't have a red hot chili peppers and a Foo Fighters and all the stuff without the decades before, right? To lay that foundation for some of these, like you know, subgenres to branch off of. So, like, right. even though their styles are different, you know, you like uh, that video, the interview where it was um, Pharrell sat down with Dave Grohl, uh-huh. and they were talking about all this music, and Dave Grohl told Pharrell that all of his, you know, that was all from seventies funk, yeah, and he like played it and like Pharrell's mind was just blown and Dave's like I that wasn't me I was just 
regurgitating funk. You it's know? it's wild how somebody like Pharrell, who is in the business of sampling, mm-hmm. can't hear sampling. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. when it's when it's put right in front of them, like in that interview, and their mind is blown. That's wild to me because you have made a career and millions and millions of dollars off sampling other music to make different music and you can't recognize it i just thought of a wonderful episode okay sampled songs oh yeah no absolutely sampled songs songs that you didn't know were sampled yeah because there are so many of them so i was watching something the other day i don't even know i think it was on that access channel as the top 10 revealed and they were going over some songs and how uh, this song was sampled from this song, but I bet you did not know that the song that this was sampled from was actually sampled from something back in the sixties mm-hmm. by an unknown, you know, uh, like soul, yeah, like soul group. Was that one I know? sent you? Remember that one I sent you a couple of months ago that was J Cole, uh huh, and it was a sampled song from like the twenties or something like yeah. that. And uh, uh, Kanye has a lot of. Songs that like when I say sampled the way one thing I like about Kanye when he samples was like he'll take a song like a riff and he'll chop that riff up and then like flip it around kind of like Daft Punk yeah did um Daft Punk that uh harder better for that faster stronger song uh huh they took a, a a guitar riff from like the disco like seventies disco. And they took, and you see this video where they show it, where they play this riff, and then they chop like two major sections out of it, Uh and then they flip them, and like, it's like, it it almost like, is it really sampling at that point? Because they have taken this one riff, they chopped it, they changed the octave on it, they swapped the order of the riff, and it's like, that's their whole song though. It's just amazing, like, you know, you get to a point, like, at what point is it sampling now? What point is it just... Can I give you an amazing example of great sampling in Please. the hip hop world? I got Just wait. It gets better. This is uh Mark Anthony singing right now. Okay. That's Pitbull, which I'm not a fan of Pitbull. Mr. 305? Yeah. Mr. 3'5? Yeah. Mr. I wish he would go away forever. He is killing it. That's Cypress Hill. I was about to say, let's be real. How amazing is that? That's good. And that is Southern Classic Rock being sampled in hip-hop. I just thought that would be fun to play. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, So Southern Classic Rock isn't just good for uh, playing guitars and and, uh, waving your Confederate flag around. It's good for hip-hop. Well, it's, you know, you think, like, that's the good thing about... Southern rock is, its its beauty is in its simplicity. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good guitar player. It's, you know, I I say this with love, but I wouldn't go out and say that any of the drummers 
from, no. from classic rock bands were oh you know uh, they they did well I wouldn't know, either they were definitely not the sh- you know the showmen but they just, but they they were kind of the glue that that kept things together but what's good about that is like it's not overly complex right. so it's easy to sample from right and but, it's recognizable you know why because it's nostalgic yeah nostalgic but that's why things are bad because it's nostalgic <laughs> I love that kid go listen to your yeah your MGK. Speaking of God, speak. <laughs> speaking of, I sent you a video yesterday. I didn't watch all of it. I couldn't. It, you couldn't watch the whole nine seconds. No, it was okay. So I sent Travis a video yesterday of MGK MGK covering what band was it? Weezer. No, it wasn't Weezer. It was a uh, was Chester's band. Lincoln Park. Oh, Lincoln, that's your Lincoln Park. It was uh, it was Machine Gun Kelly covering "Numb" by Lincoln Park, and it literally made my ears numb. It sounded like a high school kid trying to like become a SoundCloud, SoundCloud singer in his closet. It just did not sound so. So Machine Gun Kelly definitely has a distinct terribleness. <laughs> just, I was gonna say sound, but terribleness, a, a distinct terrible sound to every bit of music he touches and and i say that in regards to his and i'd say this with air quotes his hip-hop his rap and now his his rock career uh since eminem made him say career you know his made eminem made him switch genres or his crazy girlfriend but (laughs) i don't i don't like and i just want to address this real quick i don't like lincoln park I don't listen to their music. I never Okay, I, good. I never thought it was a band that was great. I do respect Chester and his ability to play music. Yeah. Uh because that's just like I mean saying Linkin Park or Chester sucks is just like saying man, this quarterback on this NFL team sucks, but he doesn't really suck because he's in the NFL. But compared to all the other NFL players, he does suck. But compared to me, he's still great. Does that no, make I sense? No, I totally understand. So Chester doesn't suck at making music. His music just sucks in comparison to other great bands. I think the nail in the coffin for me with Linkin Park, because like back in like Linkin Park was like high school. Yeah, you know, Linkin Park was right there with Corn. You know, they were just like that was the the angst. So they rock. so when they first came out they had and to your point they had that one song where he was screaming. Mm-hmm. And so that put them Yeah, so that skin. so that put him up with the Corn and the Limp Biscuit who were already big. And then they did the album with Jay-Z. Right. And that was the nail in the coffin for how awful their music could be. Right. Cuz you take a band that at the time was one of the biggest you know they were they were popular. Right. You know a lot of people liked them. You take somebody like Jay Z, who's arguably one of the top hip hop artists of all time. I don't know why. I know, but it's a like it is the perfect example of how like in the NBA you put too many good things together and it flops. Right. Jay Z like that whole rock rap, or as I call it, rock crap. <laughs> never freaking works, man. It's like I mean yeah. it, it, I don't get the whole. Like this genre mixing, like it's, it's, you have to do it so perfectly 
and people are so sloppy about it. Yeah. That like like the Lincoln Park and Jay Z trash. Right. Uh, Ti. Uh, well, no, is a uh, um, uh, Nelly and Tim McGraw trash. Trash. Yeah, yeah, Coolio yeah. and um, uh. Oh, uh, God, what was his name? It was with Dolly Parton, uh, um, the old dude. Uh, Merle, uh, Merle? No. no. Uh, Kenny Rogers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash. Yeah, you're like, right. You cannot, like, if you're going to, like, mixing genres is like mixing chemicals. Like, right. you got to get it just right yeah, or yeah, it yeah. is awful. So, to, But to my point, like, I don't, I don't enjoy Linkin Park music, but I respect, and I understand why some people do like his music. I mean, I get it, but even more so to the point, even though I don't like them and I don't listen to them, the MGK covering this music is, is to me, is, is super disrespectful. And like I told you yesterday, I wish, I wish he would fall off the face of the planet. I wish he would go away because he brings nothing to the music world. But here we are talking about but him. But here we are talking about him. He's, and that's why he continues to that, stay. Right. It's because exactly. it sucks. Because nowadays, relevance is not based on quality. It's based on... Who's talking about you? Mm-hmm. And here we are, the best podcast in the world. Given the best this, podcast in this apartment. <laughs> and, and we... <laughs> and we're giving this guy airtime. But man, he sucks so bad. <laughs> He's, it, <laughs> he sucks so bad. Uh, you know how bad he sucks? He sucks as bad as that halftime show was good. <laughs> the greatest or the worst? Well, you just confused me, man, but that was good. But, man, I hate, I just hate him. And, and he can take Megan Fox with him. Like I told you yesterday, she's a dime a dozen in she Hollywood. Has, she has toe thumbs. What does that mean? Just toe thumbs. They're just so little. You never seen toe thumbs? <laughs> no. Yeah, man. It's when, you're, it's when your thumbs look like toes. That's weird. Yeah, you never seen somebody with toe thumbs? No. Oh, this is... You got to see this and so do other people. So, I I don't know. I don't think you are. I don't know if you're a big video game player these days, like like 2022 video games. Oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. I don't say that. A lot of people have them. You're going you're gonna to <laughs> offend, offend our listeners. Well, a lot of people are disgusting, yeah, but... See. Oh, no. I'm out. They can take Megan Fox with them, uh, with MGK when they're getting rid of him. But I don't know if you are a video game player these days, especially sports video games. No. But it was announced yesterday that NBA 2K or whatever the the basketball game is now going to have a uh, MGK character that you can play with. Just take a moment of silence for NBA 2K because that's trash and they're dead. You know, there's one tattooed guy that I like getting watched punched in the face in a boxing ring. Who's that? Jake Paul. Oh, man. But I would love if MGK would just think that he was a boxer all of a sudden. And fight Jake Paul. And just fight anybody. So I would I would actually cheer for Jake Paul if he got MGK in the ring. I would too. I would also cheer for Jake Paul if he got Skeet in the uh, in the ring with him. Who? That's Pete Davidson, by the way. Skeet. So, mm. 
Kanye West is, you know, he's got that beef with Pete Davidson because he's dating Kim Kardashian now, and he has rallied all of his fans and supporters to go onto Pete Davidson's Instagram, uh, and Kanye calls him Skeet instead of Pete. Mm. And so all down everything Pete Davidson posted on Instagram, his followers were posting Skeet and Find Jesus. And Pete Davidson has now deleted his Instagram page. <laughs> you can delete your Instagram page, but you're about to get half of Kanye's money uh, and all of Kim's just for being funny. But then Kanye said he was going to have Pete Davidson on the Don't Two album. Really? It's weird. Dude, listen, man. I hate the world we live in. I hate. I hate what's going on in all facets of this of this earth right now we got a we got a war going on on the other side of the world you got an idiot president in the white house who is telling the ukrainian uh president to run do you know the history the the background for the ukrainian president i don't he was a comedian was he really he was like an actor and before he was elected. There was a lot of corruption with like the president, like pre- the the higher offices, and he won by a landslide. Uh-huh. And I I would almost venture to say it was probably a joke with him running, right? Because the guy's forty four years old. He's got no political experience. He's literally an actor and a comedian. It'd be like uh, if Adam Sandler decided to run for president and won by a landslide, and then went. And then all oh. of a sudden, everybody was like, yeah, we're going to kill this guy. What do I do? Yeah. But it was funny because uh, Biden told him to run, and his response to him was, bro, I need ammunition, not a ride. He posted a video, I think, last night from the like a selfie video on Facebook from the presidential office with his cabinet around him. And like one of the things he said was, this might be the last time you see me alive. Yeah. Uh, the Klitschko brothers are fighting. Uh, two heavyweight championship yeah, boxers. That. They took one, to arms. One of them is the mayor of the capital. Kiev. Yeah, he's yeah. the mayor of Kiev, and he's taken up arms. His brother, uh, it's Vladimir and Vitaly Klitschko. Mm-hmm. They both are uh, armed and fighting. As of last night, I guess they had already staged troops outside of Kiev. Uh-huh. They were already ready to like move in. Yeah. It's scary over there, man. It's a sad. It's a it's a sad world we're living in right now, uh, all around. They are currently fighting for Kiev. Hmm. Missile rockets striking buildings in Kiev three yeah. hours ago. Man, that's that's sad. I it's, think I, I saw these these videos where you know it's like classic rock and southern rock. These videos where it says uh, all uh, all eighteen to thirty five year old men in the United States getting a letter, and it's like that song that. Southern Southern Classic Rock. Yeah. CCR. Uh, Do you follow the Babylon Bee? Uh, I've read some stuff from that page. So it's uh, Babylon Bee for anybody who doesn't know is like the onion. Yeah. And the headline yesterday on one of the articles that I found was Putin withdraws from Ukraine after celebrities threaten to sing Imagine. (laughs) And it has... It, it has these idiots. Oh, God, that video from forever ago. Yes. Yeah. 
so yeah music music hopefully will bring the world together i just hope it's not these these moron celebrities thinking that that, that they that, sing that idiot song i hate that song i i don't i don't like it uh is going to to bring world we peace are the world. that's what i'd rather hear is we, we are the world are the we're coming up right on an hour man and we did a we did a dang good job today I know we got off of the classic rock a little. Who cares? But deep dive into the brothers. Yes, yes. Go deep dive. Go down. Listen, my music that you need to go check out is Southern Classic Rock. Just go down that rabbit hole. Listen to the Almond Brothers, the Doobie Brothers, the band, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, CZ Top, CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Go listen to all that stuff and just enjoy it. Just put it on in the background, whatever you're doing, and watch yourself jam out and not even know it. And what's funny, like what's easy nowadays in music platforms, you can literally get on YouTube or Pandora or Spotify or Apple Music and just search classic rock playlist. Right. And just let it play. Let it play. Once, what? once the and once the actual playlist is over, it'll still continue playing that genre of music that isn't in the playlist, mm-hmm. and it's great. So, so go enjoy it. Do you want to give them something else to listen to? Um, for those that do not like Skinnerd and that think you don't like Skinnerd because you don't like Freebird, <laughs> if you like any, if you like uh, Adam Sandler movies. I love Adam Sandler. Tuesday's movies. Gone from uh, Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. Yeah, the beginning of that sh- that, that movie is a Leonard Skinner song. And if you want to hear Skinner in a totally different way, that can maybe salvage it for you. Go listen to Call Me the Breeze. Call Me the Breeze. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, if you want more classic rock to listen to, just go watch Days and Confused too. Yeah, and you can find a whole bunch of good, awesome classic rock. But anyways, dude, right at an hour. We did good. You did good. We done good. Glad to see you. You too, man. Go move. I'm gonna so that I can come over and hang out and eat. I'm gonna go sit on your new couch and eat uh, and eat chicken nuggets from the air fryer. That thing is so awesome. Thank (laughs) you for that, by the way. (laughs) Anyways, until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Alright, see ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion? Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.